0: Hey Chuck Kaplinsky. Oh my God. Okay, we're gonna start that one again. No burping and no slurping.
1: You, your timing was (laughs) shitty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta wait until you're done. All right, let's put our cups away now, Chuck. Hey Chuck, it's Pam. Real talk with Chuck and Pam. Pam, (laughs) I
1: I detect a a tone of condescension there.
0: Never. Oh,
1: I guess my condescension radar is off. I thought you were placating me for something.
0: way off i don't know what you're talking about
1: hey i'm glad you're back
0: are you yeah good i am too yeah well, kind of i i was itch. i'm glad
1: to see you i'm
0: glad to see you too it's how about di- that it's difficult to to come back to reality when you're off having fun but then reality does come back Sometimes to bite you, and sometimes just drag you back into it. It is
1: what it is. <laughs> There's no escaping it.
0: No, there is not. Um, so let's let's get caught up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, we didn't do the podcast because I was gone.
1: And there really wasn't much to talk about. No,
0: there really wasn't. There was one movie that I had such high hopes for that I hated, and you liked. Would that be right?
1: Uh, I wouldn't say liked but I didn't hate it as much as you. Let's just say that.
0: <laughs> okay, so tell us, tell us about the forgiven.
1: The forgiven, uh, the forgiven is um, directed by uh, John Michael McDonough. and this is a good guy. I mean, this is a guy. Yeah. He, he's made some really good films in the past. Always. Did you see the cavalry? Cavalry. Mm-hmm. I've taught a lesson on cavalry. <gasps> Have
0: you really? It's an
1: incredible film.
0: Okay. okay. Incredible. I was film. shocked to see that he had done that one, and then he did this piece of shit.
1: Well, you know, hey, everyone, you know, nobody bats a thousand. This is true. You know, and his brother is also a film director. He did In Bruges. Oh, Uh, I like that Yeah, great film, great film. Uh, A couple others. Good, good film. They're brothers. Good filmmakers, Irish. Uh, Forgiven, though, (laughs) uh, directed or uh, based on a novel by Lawrence Osborne, and it stars Ray Fiennes and Jessica Chastain. Uh, and you found out that Rafe means nothing, right?
0: Right. It's, it should just be Ralph. Ralph. It's Ralph. Ralph, Ralph Phineas.
1: Ralph Phineas. <laughs> <laughs> well, but here he's very Rafey. I mean, his character is very. Do rafe-y. you think so? I mean, this guy is a prick. He An is a condescending
0: prick. asshole.
1: Oh yeah, uh, and he's got. He, he's a surgeon that we find out uh, about midway through. Um, and Plastic
0: I, surgeon, right? I
1: believe so. I believe so. You know, and I th- think there's some symbolism some there. Uh, David Heninger is the character's name and he and his wife Jessica Chastain Joe they're on their way to a party a decadent party in Do you Morocco think so very much so out in the middle of nowhere
0: Oh dear
1: and uh, out in the desert out in the dunes and there's a uh, well how would you even I, I wouldn't say house.
0: It's a
1: palatial estate. A palatial estate. Very good. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, it's, uh, Can I look down uh, my nose any further
0: okay. at you? But
1: you can stop that at any point. <laughs> <laughs> at any point. Uh, yes, Matthew Smith uh, plays the guy in charge of the palatial estate. I don't even know how he got his money. Uh, but he's got more than he needs. And he's throwing a party and is inviting all of his snooty friends out to the desert for this party. Just... Because. I guess because you can and you should if you have all this money. Because
0: he throws the best parties ever. right?
1: Uh, And his uh, boyfriend, uh, played by Caleb Landry Jones, daily, he's irritating as shit (laughs) in this film. But he's supposed to be. Yes. And he actually, at times, I I think in many ways, he is cast as the fool. Because you don't take him too seriously. But then midway through and a couple other times, he's the only guy who understands exactly what's going on. And he calls people on their shit throughout the film. And I like Not that. enough. Not, not enough. enough. No, not enough. But, I bet, but he's really, at times, the only voice of reason as to what's going on.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, Fines and uh, Chastain, they get a late start. They're driving in the desert in the night. Lo and behold, they run over a kid. Young man, I should say. Late teen. Mm-hmm. Uh, just jumps out in front of the car, kill him. Well, they don't do the right thing. They don't call the authorities. They just throw the body in the back of the car and head to the party. Uh, and things get complicated from there because the party's host of... Request- this puts a damper on things. Just a
0: smidge, a not for everybody. A damper on things. Not for everybody, though.
1: Uh, and, of course, they alert the authorities, and uh, they alert the father's... Uh, the boy's father, who comes to get him, and he requests, kind of demands, that the Fine's character go with him back to his home to bury his son.
0: His only son. His
1: only son. And it is on this journey that there are great revelations made.
0: <laughs> <laughs> are you waiting for me to interject, or am I supposed to you like know, perk up at that point? Well, you know, I, I you know,
1: there, there's something here.
0: Oh, I bet it's a great book. I'm sure. I would like to read the book. This,
1: this movie lacks any sort of nuance at all. <laughs> it's very cut and dried. It, you, you know exactly what's going to happen. And the problem is is that I wouldn't say it cheats, but it's almost like there's some scenes left out. I mean, the Fines character makes this great revelation by the end. And I'm thinking,
0: how did that happen? I don't know. You,
1: you slept in the boy's bed, you looked through a couple of his magazines, and all of a sudden you're like, oh right. man, I'm a piece of shit. I shouldn't have done right. this. It it, it happened it's too Way easy. Way too fast. Yep. It's too easy. I agree. Um I I it needed it needed more balls.
0: Yeah. I, I... I feel like the the father, and I don't recall his name offhand. Maybe you can he's look great, that up for me. He's great, by the way. He's wonderful. Um, he is supposed to be a possible bad guy in the movie, when in fact he's really just the the victim of circumstance and poverty.
1: Adela is his name. Okay. The actor is Ishmael Canater. Okay. Definitely cuts a distinctive presence on oh the screen. Oh, my goodness. Really his, like his
0: eyes are just... Piercing,
1: Or right through you. They
0: do. They really do. He had an incredible part, and he played it incredibly. Mm -hmm. Um, The two other guys, the the manservants, if you will. Ah, yes. um, They were also incredible actors that gave depth to the story. Yes. They weren't in it enough.
1: Anwar is the guy who works for this old man. And he, I wouldn't say befriends the Fines character, but he he stands next to him and is kind of trying, pointing out, he's the guy who's explaining the culture and what this all means and what you should be doing and what you shouldn't be doing and i like that relationship
0: Yeah, i i did too um but like you said it, the the growth that our main character has is much too abrupt and it comes much too late um and i found all the other characters and i know they're supposed to be disgusting pieces of humanity that 1% of the 1% of the 1% right. is. Um, but they are just so atrocious that they just disgusted me all the way through. The dialogue, they were supposed to. But the dialogue was so superfluous. It was just like listening to nothing, and I didn't want to listen to nothing. Well, but it, it just droned on and on. But
1: they're the idle rich. They have nothing to do and nothing to say.
0: Well, and that was—I uh, guess they did that well. Then it just lasted a little bit too long for me. I needed some characters with a little bit more depth, and Chastain's character—nothing. Yeah,
1: pretty, pretty typical. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I and it was just so heavy-handed. I mean, by the end, I mean the Fines character has a a native uh, shirt, right, on, right, right, as though right. he's completely understood the yeah. culture. Now, I will say though, I like the ending.
0: I like the, the twist ending, at it the, was the end. Super, super predictable. Oh come on! They planted that seed relatively early. I didn't. uh,
1: I don't. I would argue that a little bit.
0: I called it right then and there. Um,
1: It was one of the better parts of the movie. I thought it made sense as far as that did. You know, it it was a a poetic ending. Yeah,
0: it was a poetic ending. Albeit, it was one that that I knew. I was watching it with my friend Kristen, and as soon as this one scene happened, I said, "This is how it's going to end." And so, of course, we made bets on it because we were bored most of the way through. And drinking. <laughs> no, we were not drinking. we were no, drinking no, this time. No, no, okay. no. I've, I've turned over a new leaf, Chuck.
1: Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> well, and you know, the other thing, a movie like this, you see Chastain, you see Fines, you're expecting something. Yes. You know, your expectations are high. And this just, it's not, this is a script that needed another rewrite or three. Yes. I and would, needed more meat attached to it. It just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would, I, I would highly recommend reading the book to see maybe whether we'll check, not, yeah, yeah. Maybe we we'll check, check it out. out see
1: if it, yeah, I'm headed to the beach next week, so. Oh, there you maybe go. I'll, maybe I'll pick it up and see what's what. Perfect. Now, there's another movie, or there's a movie that comes out on VOD this week yeah. that you really liked.
0: I really enjoyed it, and um, it's it was actually part of Ebert Fest. It mm-hmm. opened, no, it did not open yes, no nope, nope, not the night before. The night before was Summer of Soul. Oh, that's right. Um, this was
1: a surprise feature. This
0: was the surprise feature that hadn't been released yet, obviously, because now it's being released now on VOD. It was in theaters a couple of weeks ago. You were going to say something? No,
1: we were at the North American premiere.
0: Yes, we were, were we? Mm-hmm. Look at us. We hosted the Q&A at we the North American premiere. Did. What? How did that I happen? I This one is also based on the book, Phantom of the Open, by Scott Murray. Mark Rylance, I mean, talk about having a, a, a great cast that you are automatically drawn to, just like with um, Chastain and Fines. Mm-hmm. This has um, Sally Hawkins. Hawkins. Love her. I do too. And Mark Rylance. And I know you're not a huge fan of Mark Rylance. I am a huge fan of him. I've, I've really liked his resume. So as soon as I saw those two names, I thought, I got to see this movie. This is based on a true story about Morris, and it's spelled Maurice, but they say it as if it's Morris. Morris Fitchcroft. That's a hard name. I love saying that.
1: And you know, when I was writing my review... Fitchcroft? I went back and checked the spelling of that Hit. name Croft. again and again because like this has got to be
0: wrong. <laughs> yeah, my, my computer didn't like it either. Like, no, red red right. Line. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Well, Morris Split uh-huh. Croft is a bit of a lovable loser. Uh-huh. Um, he's kind of older. He's got teenage sons that are twins, and then another son that's a little mm-hmm. bit older um, by his uh, wife from a first marriage of hers. Um, Sally Hawkins plays Allie, the wife, um, and. She, and together, they're they're an odd couple, to say the least. They live in, I forget what they call it, the row housing that they have. In, in, right, right, yeah. Um, so I mean, they've got no money, really. Working class. Yeah, very, working very class. working class. And um, Morris decides one day that he's going to try and play golf. No, he's not going to just try and play golf. He's going to go to the British Open.
1: Has he ever picked up a golf club?
0: <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like me... Saying I'm going to go to the U.S. Open, the Women's U.S. Open. I think I just might do that. I had a really good game the other day. I was, what is it called, a double bogey for Mm -hmm. every single hole. (laughs) (laughs) Which is really good compared to what Morris could play. I always wanted to be in the uh, Daytona 500. Well, there you go. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Just sign up. Well, that's what this guy does. Now, granted, this is back in 1976. And he does pen and paper or pencil and and paper application. Mailed it in. And through some clerical error, it got put into the stamp approved pile, and he finds himself accepted into the British Open, never really having played golf. Well, he better pick up a set of clubs somewhere and mm-hmm. start practicing a little bit. And he practices a little bit, and it turns out he sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no two two ways about it. He is a really horrible golfer.
1: What did he shoot? 121. <sighs> is
0: that what it was? Yes. <laughs> okay, I didn't remember.
1: 121. On uh, the
0: front nine, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> He's awful, he is absolutely awful. But This movie has heart and Morris, lovable loser that he is, tries to do something to create a dream for himself and follow it and his family supports him every step of the way. It's funny, it's quirky, it's comical. Um, maybe a little over the top in some places, but I really enjoyed this. It, it, I think what really held me to the story is knowing that this was a true story. In fact, they have a Morris Flickcroft. it is hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, um, some sort of a, an outing in Michigan, Michigan. every year. Yeah. And then I think there are other awards that are given out yeah. for like the worst mm-hmm. golfer ever. Mm-hmm. In fact, my husband used to be in a dental society that they would do an annual golf outing and they gave him the fishing pole of at the
1: end <laughs> <laughs> that's clever I like that, <laughs> that is
0: funny that is funny so this is this is to me a lot of fun what was the other movie that we put this the is duke the duke that it's kind of similar but very the similar. duke is a little bit better, better i think in quality think of production better, and writing but... um but it's on the same vein
1: right common um, uh you know working class english guy upsetting the system in his own little quirky way right um I I, I liked it. I didn't love it like you did. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I have some problems with Rylance. I think he's just too... too, Too-too at times. I see what he's doing. Okay. I see him acting.
0: Okay. Okay, fair enough. And
1: and, and I don't like that.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, But Hawkins, I mean, she can do no wrong as far as I'm concerned. And and I liked, you know, the movie's just not about golf. And that's the other thing that I liked. You know, it delves into you know, the relationship with his his older son who's ashamed of yeah. him, you know, and and the, the two boys who want to be world champion disco dancers and dad is like, yeah, uh, go for it. Uh, yeah, uh,
0: we'll follow go, your yeah, dream. You know. Don't go to college. Don't get an <laughs> Just, education.
1: Yeah, this disco thing will last.
0: <laughs> You'll be fine. Uh,
1: you know, and that is at the crux of the film, the whole, you know, it, I, I kept thinking as I was writing my review about Don Quixote and, you know, you, you go for that impossible dream and no one else sees it, but you do, and you stick to it, and, you know, there's there's something to that.
0: Do you want me to sing?
1: No. Okay. Just but here's something ask. I do want you to do. Okay. <laughs> yes. How did you describe this movie?
0: How did I describe it? How did you just,
1: just describe it in a couple words?
0: Uh, a couple of words. It's mm. a, a quirky comedy. Quirky? Yeah, quirky, charming. Charming? Yeah.
1: I want you to remember that. I want you to remember what she said. I want everyone to remember what she said about this movie, okay?
0: I'm scared. <laughs> We'll
1: talk about it next week. Oh,
0: <coughs> shit.
1: We'll talk about it next week.
0: <laughs> okay. Now I'm I'm gonna be. What's going on next week? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So the big movie of the of the year probably or of the summer uh, anyway.
1: Probably the summer. Yeah. Although I don't. Uh, I'll be surprised if Thor: Love and Thunder makes as much as Top Gun. Uh, there seems to be no stopping that movie.
0: Where is that at now? Do you know?
1: Uh, it's over a billion dollars. Wow. Uh, internationally. And the thing that's interesting is if you, if you watch, it did something that very few films did. In its fifth week, it became the number one film again. Really? That does not happen. Wow. That does not happen. You Good constantly, for them. after the first weekend, you see them fade yeah. and fade. And this thing just, it, it was that quirky week. Uh, and, and it came back at, at $50 million. And was number one again in its fifth week of release
0: fantastic Uh,
1: so it's it is the one to be it as far as money is concerned but then again you know marvel hey they always rake in a billion dollars as well
0: do they usually rake in that money more overseas than they do in the u.s yeah okay
1: yeah i i think the formula now is in the u.s you hope to they hope to uh earn enough to pay for the film okay and everything around the world is gravy. Okay. That's the formula that they use. You want to make enough here to cover all your costs, and then whatever else we get, put in our pocket. Okay. So, and that's usually how it works because these movies run, you know, 250, 300 million dollars, uh, and that's about what you're going to get anymore at the U.S. And, uh, and and I'm sure this one will be a hit. Uh, I really like this film. I know you didn't, um, but I really liked it because there was humor. There was excitement, and also the thing that I've been lacking in a lot of the Marvel films of, of, of late is I've had no human connection with any of the characters. I didn't care about any of them. This one I did. I really cared about Jane, and I really cared about Thor, though I have big problems with him being rendered as an idiot. Yes. I hate that.
0: And see, that's that was one of my main things. I mean, Thor. Okay, Thor, come on. Thor yeah. is a god. Right. Thor has the father, Anthony Hopkins. You know, Thor is... Odin, thank you. Thor is wise beyond wise. He is a god for a reason. Mm -hmm. And in the... the two or three, I guess there were three other movies. We always forget about the Dark World one. Uh, is that what, what that was called? Underrated. Uh, okay. I think it's underrated. Okay. It's not
1: great, but it's not as bad as everyone says. Okay,
0: so three but, but, three before, but he's never been, he never has looked like a stupid, bumbling idiot.
1: Well, a little bit in the third one, and that's why I didn't like the third one, which is also directed by... Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. <laughs> I mean, he played it all for laughs, and which is okay. This one... The first 40 minutes is all for laughs. Yeah. And then we segue into something more serious. And I liked that. I know a lot of people are like, well, you can't do it. No, you can. I, I, I didn't like that it was a joke the first 40 minutes and then he came off as a boob.
0: I didn't mind that there were jokes and I like Taika Watiti's narration. I thought that was hilarious. That got us up to speed as right, to right. what happened in the other three movies and where we're at and what happened in Endgame and trying to put it. Because you don't remember together. any of this because shit. Because I don't remember yeah. any of this shit. Um but I like I like his sense of humor. And I do I, but he has to rein it in. He does. He does. And and um after we review this film, I want to talk a little bit about the article and was it Variety that we got? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um but I think looking at Chris Hemsworth, he is, I think, a director's dream. Well, he's my dream, too, but he's oh, also no, a director's yeah, yeah. dream because I think he can morph into any character and take on the attributes of any director and what they say to mm-hmm. do. Because the first one was directed by Kenneth Branagh, and I think that's how he, and we've talked about this before, how um, Thor is much more of a Shakespearean, powerful... Right, that's how he looks. at the whole thing. And, whole thing. And, and that's definitely a Kenneth Branagh influence, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and then I don't remember who did the second one whatever, right. and then it's Taika Waititi, and then there was, it, it was almost like Thor became two people in that, in that third rendition of yeah, I... Ragnarok. And now we're, here we are in the fourth one, and Taika has full reins, and he goes full steam ahead, and I think that Chris Hemsworth tries to take on the attributes of Taika Waititi, and he's not Taika Waititi. Right, right. And that that lose, I lost it. I'm right. like, I had... That's not Thor. No, and, and mm-hmm. Thor has to be smart and he has to be powerful. And okay, you can be in love and be a little stupid when it comes to love, but there still has to be that underlining strength. And right. he lost it. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, you say that with uh, TD's sense of humor has to be reined in. He didn't rein it in at all in the third one. And that's why I didn't like okay. it. Okay. Here, I thought <laughs> it was reined in, whether it was by him or the script. Because, as I say, we get much more serious here right. as the film goes on. Thor, it, it, just to catch everybody up to speed, he's brokenhearted. He doesn't know what to do because his hammer's broke. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's very, you know, existential crisis. And we see him at the beginning with the Guardians of the Galaxy, which I thought was quite funny. Because <laughs> the Guardians are sick of him. Right. They want him to go because right. he's moping around. He doesn't know what to do. And then he comes in and saves the day. And that was really well. And the Guardians are in it just enough. Ten minutes, and they're gone. We wait for him in the next movie. I thought that was, that was great. Uh, he returns to New Asgard. And New Asgard, which is being run by Valkyrie, Tessa Thompson.
0: Love She's her. She's amazing. Love her. Yep.
1: She's turned it into a tourist trap, basically. Uh, there's <laughs> golf courses. I thought it was hilarious, too. Yeah. We got the, the, the cruise ships are there, and the golf course, and the bad plays. And Matt Damon shows up again as oh Lucky. And uh, Sam Neill <laughs> is Odin. And then we have Millis McCarthy. And, yeah, you know, it's, it's it's verging on Tacky. New uh, New Asgard is, but things take a serious turn when all the children there are kidnapped, and they are kidnapped by Gore, the uh, God Killer, played by Christian Bale. And I really liked this character.
0: Okay, I'm going to stop you there for a sec because I want to back up to that first five or ten minutes of with the, the movie.
1: prologue, where we see how he becomes who he is.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, I was in tears. Heartbreaking. Oh my god, that was just something, and in how powerful that this man who wholeheartedly believes in the gods that he has prayed to and he loses his daughter and he still believes in the religion that he has mm-hmm. been brought up by, and his people are all gone, and he's one of the few survivors, maybe the only survivor, and then he is laughed at by the gods. Yeah, you're a fool. And yes, for yeah. believing. Come on, dude. Get it together. So, I mean, just the elements of, of religion and parenthood. Yes, faith. Incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. I truly, I was wiping away the tears. Well, and again, that's why I
1: like the next section of that film, because once he comes back in... You know, he's I, the thing I like about the Marvel villains is most of them you can relate to. You might not agree with what they do, but you understand why they're doing it. I mean, this guy Sometimes, has lost... If,
0: if it's told well.
1: Right. I mean, so, this guy's lost all faith in everything. And, you know, he's attempting to save others from making the mistake he did of believing in gods who are going to let you down. So he's just going to kill them all. Right. Uh, I really like that. Yeah. Uh, So Thor needs to go uh, save the kids. But, boy, there's a twist. (sighs) Because the girlfriend, Jane Foster, shows up. And guess what? She is Thor. Something has happened in which she now has control of the hammer. And she is now the god of thunder. And, boy, does that throw Thor into a bunch of confusion. I loved that. I just loved that. Uh, She's sexy as hell. She's strong as hell. She's having fun. She's having fun, too. She's trying to get her catchphrase. Doesn't know what her catchphrase is when she's going into (laughs) battle. I thought that was cool. Uh, And I loved when they go to the Dark Realm where Agora has the kids... They 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 wash out the palette and it's all grays and yeah. black. Yeah. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was really neat. It was creepy. That as felt hell. very
0: comic booky. Very too. much so, and I liked that artistic choice.
1: Very much though, so. you're right. Mm-hmm. Uh, along the way though, they do stop at the city planet whatever of all the gods. Okay. And uh, that is one thing that I would love to freeze frame and just pick apart. Because this thing, once you see it, it, it will knock your socks off. And I'm sure, I, I wish I had a, um, a key telling us which gods were which. Because right. you can tell as the camera goes around, these are actual gods I've seen pictures of from other cultures.
0: Okay. And I thought oh, that was
1: really, really smart as far as what, what he was doing there with
0: that. When that comes out on VOD, we'll have to take a look at that and see if we can freeze frame it and figure and it out. And I would
1: hope I would, You know, they send us all this swag, yeah. a book.
0: Oh, that would be good. On the
1: art of this, I think, would be great. Because this visually is one of the better ones. Uh, But we run into Zeus, played by Russell Crowe. You will not be able to understand him the first couple minutes he's on screen. I didn't know what the hell he was saying. But he's Donald Trump. He's Trump. He's a braggart. Uh, He uh, talks a good game, but he can't back it up. He's an isolationist because Thor comes and says, hey, this guy's out here killing all the gods. What do you say? We all get together and fight this. And he basically says, well, go screw yourself. There's nothing to worry about. Uh, So I love that whole political subtext that he snuck in there. Um, And the conclusion, very apt. It all made sense to me. Um, I know i'm going on and on about this one and probably shouldn't but it was the piece of escapism i needed right now
0: okay all right i felt it it kind of slogged a little bit in the middle i was you know, thinking about different things and other things while I was watching. You realize the movie? it's the
1: shortest Marvel film.
0: Oh my God, seriously!
1: One hour fifty-nine.
0: Oh, it's oh, the oh, shortest. About what, Twelve minutes. <laughs> still. Still, it's shorter. It's, we've we've
1: complained about that for a long time.
0: Yeah, this is true. It still wasn't short enough for me. I really did feel like when they after, when they kidnapped the kids, it felt like I had a, a repetition of scenes.
1: There's a couple of things that could have been cut. I yeah, agree.
0: I, I think maybe a good ten or fifteen minutes, and then maybe I would have. Held my attention a little bit better mm-hmm. to that because then I did kind of wander a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I can't say I really liked it because I, I'm coming in to this because I know I'm not the only one out there that is not a superhero fan, right? So I'm coming at this from a different perspective. You have, thank you for one last slurp on the podcast. You're welcome, Chuck.
1: They want to make sure that this is live and, you know, that we're humans and not, you know, <laughs> there's machines talking.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, that I I think that if you are not a fan of this series, you're not a fan of Thor, don't go see the film because I think you're not going to enjoy it. Good that's, enough. That's, that's from my perspective. Right. I would not have gone to see it. Yeah, okay. I get it. I'm making faces right now. No,
1: no, you know, and and I think that that's w- w- the problems Marvel is running into now. I mean, we're we're well into this thing, and there's no yes, jumping. They, Twenty-seven, they, twenty-eight. There's 29. no jumping on here if you haven't <laughs> no. been invested.
0: You're you're absolutely right. So, but there are those standalone ones like Garden, Guardians of the Galaxy. Those are standalone movies that you can go to. Sure. You Don't have to know the background a lot of, about a lot of things because the music is fun and they're quirky and and they they are snarky and it's fun. The first fun. one, yeah. And Iron Man. Those, you know, I mean, this stuff is like you don't have to see the other twenty-six Avenger movies. You well, know? if you
1: want to go back.
0: Right. But yeah, you don't but, have but, to. But
1: I'm saying going forward there's no jumping oh, on oh, this oh, train. I don't think
0: there is either. I don't either. You so, uh, take I, an airplane, I, not the train. Well, it's fast.
1: Well, and I can <laughs> see where they're going, too, with all of this. Uh, it's all going to be younger heroes now. Yeah. And you can tell with who Thor ends up with at the end, uh, the direction we're headed with all yeah. this.
0: Yeah. And stick around for the credits. Make sure yes. you see all of the credits. If all of a, the credits. Not one credit, but two credits. If you're
1: a Ted Lasso fan, and that's all I'm going to oh, say. I,
0: w- I was going to say that in my review, and I thought, no, don't do that. No, you're not saying anything. Okay, okay. You're not saying anything. Okay.
1: Yeah. There, Goal! There was, a, there, was a, <laughs> there was a cheer in the audience.
0: Yeah, there really was, isn't there?
1: When, when that it moment occurred, and you'll know what we're talking about once you get there.
0: So, I think that's all we have for this week. Right. And next week is kind of light, too. No, there's it? a no? ton of is stuff. There? next there? Okay. Week. I'm still in vacation, brain. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are. What's we've next got, week? We've... Oh, please don't make me go. Or don't make me go.
1: Don't make me go. Okay, I'm not going to okay. make you go. Okay, okay. That, that one's coming here.
0: out. And I've got an interview with the writer and director and the lead actress in that movie. So, mm-hmm. that'll be a part of WCIA.
1: Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris is next week. Uh, two horror films our next week one is called she will Mm -hmm. and the other is with winona ryder called damn somebody left or i don't
0: know gone and forgotten gone (laughs) and
1: forgotten (laughs) something like that
0: winona ryder and uh dermot mulroney
1: yeah dermot is it dermot mulroney or is is it... it dylan mcdermott Dermott. or is it <laughs> i always get those two mixed well, up
0: it's thanks to saturday night live i didn't mix them up until they started doing that really they yeah. do that on saturday night live <laughs> yeah
1: oh i didn't know that i always Dermott i always had running. that problem i was like well, who is that gone in the night Gone in the uh, night. with uh winona Ryder. uh yeah so and there's a couple coming out that we haven't seen next week this crawdad movie
0: it's, 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 it's a, a book. A, it's, it's a best-selling a, book.
1: Yeah, apparently it's a thing. There's a, a thing. lot of people looking forward to Where the Crawdads Sing. I walked in Barnes & Noble the other day, and it's a big pile of them yep. sitting right there. And I'm like, well, I guess I missed that boat. I
0: was going to read that in Park City, and then I didn't. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we did not see the screener for it yet. We'll get and to it eventually. We eventually will.
1: But yeah, plenty of stuff okay. to talk about next week. And again, remember that Pam mentioned Phantom of the Open was quirky was charming. and Charming recall that again. Next
0: week. We'll see you that. I'm scared. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, everybody.